I wish I could put my fist through this whole lousy beautiful town. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Lousy Beautiful Town, where we like to scream about Star Wars and put our fists through things. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other hosts, Abigail. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Jessica. <laughs> Excuse you. We're a little sleepy. We gotta wake up. <laughs> where did that even come from? Like, I feel like I'm in trouble. <laughs> Uh, I think for once we won't be in trouble in this episode. Well, I don't know. Mm. Maybe knock on wood. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're both drinking. It's it's Monday. The planned topic for today does not really scream thirst to me, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can make just about anything thirsty. <laughs> I think so. Mm-hmm. And and deep and porny. Yeah. Deep stuff, but also porn. Yes. Thank you, Annalise. We're going to make yes. merch soon. Don't yes. worry. We'll figure that out. We have stickers. We should, like, send them to people. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have all of the stickers. I'm actually looking at the – I can see the box from where I'm sitting. I see that. I need to send them to you. Oh, yeah. So I don't need to Comic-Con. I haven't even – oh, I'm not even going to Comic-Con anymore. It's fine. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> um, but I'm going to Rose City Comic-Con uh, in Portland in September, so I, I can take them there. Cool. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. We should do like a giveaway or something and give stickers away. I don't know. <laughs> the stickers are nice. I have one on my laptop. Oh. I haven't even seen them in person yet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'll send you some. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I could just order more for myself. But... No, no. I have, I have like 75. Okay. Yeah. I don't need that many stickers. <laughs> so speaking of Comic-Con, even though that was like like two minutes ago, um, <laughs> I was looking up to see, because Comic-Con's next week, and um, I was going to go, but now I'm not um, because I'm lame. Um, but I just really need a weekend off. So I think me and Billy are going somewhere, but, um, and I don't really want to spend my weekend off with a bunch of nerds. No offense. (laughs) I need to be like on a beach somewhere far, far away. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Good for you. Um, I was looking to see if there's going to be any like Star Wars panels because like last year we had the Clone Wars panel and there was a publishing panel and there's nothing. There's shit this year. It's just like, it's like fan panels, two, two fan panels, which I guess that's that's great. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I, then I remembered that D23 is this August. Oh. So that's probably why. Um, And I was on the D23 website just now trying to see if there's like a schedule or something. And there I can't I can't I don't know if I just don't know how to use the website or if I'm dumb or I don't, I don't know. know if they've like announced their schedule for D23 yet. I don't think they have either. Okay, that makes me feel better. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't find it. Because I feel like, yeah, I feel like we would have seen it by now because it would would just have, it, blah, blah, blah. it wouldn't just have the Star Wars stuff. It would have all of the Marvel and 
yeah absolutely. literally every intellectual property ever because <laughs> disney owns pretty much everything now yeah, capitalism yes. is scary it's not great it's not a good thing um but yes because i was like um the mandalorian is like three months away and we still have nothing else new <laughs> like no. no trailer nothing and then i was like oh maybe they'll release something at comic-con and then there was nothing and then i was like okay well maybe now at d23 they'll release something that's wild to me that it's three months away from launching with the entirety of Disney Plus, but it's three months away from airing and the general public hasn't seen any footage from it. I know. Like, I unless thought you found were... some bootleg stuff. Right. And it, unless you were like actively looking for it, because I don't think yeah. I, I'm pretty sure like none of my casual Star Wars friends know about it. No. Unless I've told them. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, like, it's supposed to be, like, the the brand new show for Star, you know, the first live action Star Wars show that's, like, launching with the Disney Plus streaming service, and, hello, maybe don't you want to promote your streaming service, or does Disney just have that much confidence that everyone will just buy in right away because it's Disney? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, like, I feel like, mm, this is what's frustrating, is because... Uh, I'm wondering if maybe they're not because they are thinking, well, you know, it's Disney Plus. Everybody will get Disney Plus and then they'll see The Mandalorian because it's going to be like right on the homepage or whatever. But like, I feel like they've learned nothing from Solo. Right. In terms of how much of a marketing disaster that movie was. Well, and also it bothers me because it's headlining like a man of color. Yeah. <laughs> like he's the main character and... Like Netflix is notorious for doing stuff like that, where they just don't yes. promote shows and movies with people of color, and then they get end up getting canceled or they get taken off because yep. they don't get enough they don't get enough uh, traffic. Right. And I don't want Disney to be like, well, you know, we tried using people of color in our in our stuff, and they just don't get enough views, so we're not going to do it. Like, I don't want right. that excuse. That's bullshit. If you don't put the marketing budget in there, like, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Um, I don't know. John Favreau's busy filming Spider-Man and I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's I don't know why. Like, I just can't make the connection of the fact that John Favreau is happy <laughs> and also like directs a bunch of shit like i don't know why that connection cannot be made in my brain but it, it's like when you see taika or quentin tarantino yeah. on his own films like i still can't quite connect that quentin tarantino is is who he is like what he looks like <laughs> as a human being <laughs> I, I just can't with quentin tarantino <laughs> yeah that too but yeah. um I don't know. Like every time I see him in one of his films, I'm like, really? He's the director? Like that guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I wouldn't listen to shit from him. <laughs> I feel like, I okay. Sean <laughs> Favreau directed Iron Man and I forget. Yeah. Oh my um, God, it's happy. He's just happy. I know. And he's like yelling at all the kids in the movie yeah. and just like. He he's... wants to bang Aunt May like the rest of us. Yeah. I mean, she looks great. She's 50. Marissa Tomei is 55 years old or 52. 52? 53. Uh, 53. Whatever. Same thing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I know. I know. She's so fucking hot. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, I thought she was like in her early 40s. Mm-mm. 
Homegirl is 53. Damn. She's older than my mom. Damn. I know. That is wild. Mm-hmm. That Hollywood skincare routine, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ming-Na Wen looks amazing, too. She's 55. <sighs> Oh, she looks phenomenal. Yeah, she she has like not a wrinkle on her face. I'm sure there's Botox involved, but still, yeah. she even 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 with that, she looks fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. But yeah. Uh. Give us some Mandalorian information, please. Um. I would like please. to be more excited about this, and I want everyone else to be excited. Yeah. Because the panel was really cool, <laughs> and the yeah. footage was really cool. <laughs> It would be yeah. nice to feel excited about a Star Wars again. <laughs> right? Like, so like it just doesn't feel fair. <laughs> no. Like, I felt that during Celebration, obviously, especially with the fact that we got the Episode Nine teaser, and I was, you know, we were all with everybody, and it was amazing. And now, I mean, like, aside from Alphabet Squadron, I'm like, mm, Star Wars. I know. I tweeted out. I think this morning, like, I should just mute Star Wars because it's just dumb discourse right now. Yeah. And I, there's Ugh. nothing to be excited about because there's, like, no news. And the, But, like, there's so much stuff coming. I know. Like, which but, is ridiculous. Like, we have one, two, three major, like, two TV shows and mm -hmm. a movie coming out. And then, like, Galaxy's Edge is, I mean, that's pretty big. And I still right. feel like, I mean, there was some hype around that. I mean, mm -hmm. there was a lot of hype around that, but I feel like that's died down really fast. Like, it's just. Well, yeah. And I think part of that is because it's inaccessible to a lot of people as opposed to like a TV show or a movie. This is true. Very true. But like, we're also getting like a shit ton of books that I'm really stoked for. But like, I keep forgetting that we're getting because no one talks about them. Yeah. And then like, what the fuck is Project Luminous? They keep throwing that shit around. Like yeah, someone but... else. Tra was it Charles Sewell? He tweeted about that the other day. And I it's like so vague, of course, because mm -hmm. they're all on NDAs. But mm -hmm. like, ugh, I don't like this. I get it. I understand why. Because we're crazy as a fandom, but it just frust mm -hmm. frustrates me because I want something to talk about on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, Other than it just turns into like thirsty shit and then also like us yelling about people and burning a shit ton of bridges. Right? Like, I mean, I'm fine doing that, but also yeah. I want content to talk about. Yeah. Like, after we talk about today's, I mean, today's episode, we're talking about Alphabet Squadron, but after today, it's like, maybe we should have saved this because there's still like at least five weeks until D23. <laughs> so, like, yeah, have... every, every week we'll be like, there's no Star Wars news. All right, here's our topic. <laughs> Whoops. We'll just have lots of guests on. It's fine. There we go. That's yeah, fine. speaking of which, like, this is the first time where it's just the two of us in a really long time. I know. It's a little weird. It's a little it's a little quiet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's also kind of nice. I missed you. I missed you, too. <laughs> We're so fucking cute. Oh, we are. I'm really bummed we only have one photo of us together. What was... What? I mean, that's... Uh -uh. Totally... Yeah, we only I have, have like... like... No, I have more than one. Oh, well, send them to me. What's I have... It? <laughs> I, I also have, have the, I have the ones like from when we like first like had our our running down the hallway hugging each other like reunited oh, really? yeah like when we first actually hugged each other in person I have those pictures oh my god yeah Chris I took didn't... them 
I didn't even know there were photos. <laughs> I will send them to you later. Okay, thank you. Okay, just to let you know, like I am I I have like five photos from celebration. I am the worst yeah, at taking oh no. photos at events because I get so like wrapped up in like hanging out and like having fun with people and talking that I just my phone just goes away and then it never yeah. comes out. And then yeah. I realize I have no photos. Like I have the photo of um, when the the Lando cosplayer was like in the lobby of the Marriott and mm-hmm. like a bunch of girls. I have that photo. Um, and then I have a photo of like the my and my roommates, Book Wars Pod and Shannon. <laughs> Basically, I have that I five photos. <laughs> like I don't even have the photos of us, like the ones that we took um, yeah. at the stupid Hyatt bar. But the one that, like, I think you're thinking of is probably one of my favorites. It's, like, super fucking cute. Yeah. The one where we're, like, dressed up and cute and yeah, super really smiley. Cheesing. Anyway, um, I'm going to let you talk about this next news thing because mm-hmm. I was completely out of the loop on this because I was blocked by so that So was I. That, yeah. Um, and I just, like, was too lazy to look up and see what it was. I think it <laughs> what had happened was, um, like, what I realized what it was was I was scrolling on my private twitter and like something like so and so liked this because you know like i follow people's public accounts on my private twitter Mm -hmm. and so i think i saw it through that but basically um the director of jedi fallen order did an interview with who the fuck cares i think (laughs) it was some sort of gaming podcast i don't know um And I didn't read the whole article. I only read the little snippets that pissed me off because this guy deserved none of my time after that. And basically the gist of what the director was talking about, he was asked about the main protagonist, Cal, Mm -hmm. and the fact that he got some they, they got a lot of backlash for it just being some generic white dude uh as the protagonist. And basically he said that they decided to have the protagonist be a man, a cis man, because, and these are his, his, his exact words, we arrived where we were because at the time, Ray was the thing for Star Wars. And so it made a lot more sense for us to have a male protagonist. We so... had one female protagonist, and so now we need a male one to join the rest of our sea of male protagonists in Star Wars. Because white men and white women are the only people that exist ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And then they didn't use an alien either because it would get this alienate people. What? what? And then <laughs> after that, he said, and, and I quote, we wanted to make sure there was a real human connection to that character we have in the game. Well, why didn't you make it so that you can make your own character? Oh, hmm. <laughs> that would have made me feel a real human connection if I could have made a hot lady alien. Yeah, because yeah. I'm a woman of color and we're only portrayed as aliens in the Star Wars universe. Right. <laughs> well, that's right. not true. Rose and, and now um, Janna are a thing, but yeah. good lord. Wow. Like, this, uh, if you're saying that you have to have your protagonist be a white dude, non-alien human person and that's the only way that you can have a real human connection within the game like i'm fucking scared about your writing because it's probably shit oh yeah 
if you can't create real human quote unquote human connections without making it a white cis male protagonist. Well, it just shows that they see a white cis man as the default and everything right. else has to have a purpose to be there. Mm -hmm. every, every other race and identity. And because That's... it's the default, therefore we all relate to the default. Right. Because we've had two for millennia. Centuries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 As long as there has been literature. <laughs> yes. But, like, I, I think what really is fucking killing me is, like, well, Ray was the thing for Star Wars. So it's like, okay, you can have one, you know, female protagonist Jedi person. And then after that, nothing else. But that's that doesn't even make sense to me because Ray is the thing. But Ray, I mean, Daisy Ridley herself doesn't even consider Ray as the star of the the sequel trilogy. She sees it as right. like an ensemble film, and it right. is very much an ensemble film. Like we have done the analysis, the mm -hmm. quote analysis on the data, <laughs> on the data of like how much Ray was even in all in the films that she's been in, right. Like, yeah, she should be the main protagonist, but she's really not. Right. So just, fuck you even more. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a big fuck you. And basically, it, it, it's just I was never really particularly interested in the game anyway. Um, the only things that had piqued my interest were the fact that Saw Guerrera is in it and Cal's mentor is a black woman. but. I feel like she's going to die for his man pain, but I don't even want to like touch this game with a 10 foot pole at this point. Oh yeah. I'm not giving them my money. No, <laughs> I don't want to support. No. I don't want to support something like this. No, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I just saw people vaguely being like, no one's saying you're a bad person for being excited about Fallen Order, which I didn't see like anybody being like, well, now I'm a bad person. What? But it's just like it, it's one of those things where it comes down to like you can like what you like and play what you want to play, but also recognize the fact that this is huge. It's very largely problematic. Yeah, <laughs> that, that this guy is like, you know, people can only relate to cis white dudes can't relate to aliens. And we had one, quote unquote, big female protagonist. And so we're going back to the dudes like play the game. I don't give a fuck. Give them your money. I don't give a fuck. We're not going to. Yeah. Um, but if you do, just recognize that this game is problematic inherently. Yeah. You can still buy it and enjoy it and have fun. I love Spider-Man on PS4, but I, too, mm -hmm. have to play as a white cis male. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that's what Peter Parker is. I mean, there's some snippets where you get to play um, MJ and you get to be Miles, but it's not. I mean, he, they're obviously not the main focus of the game. Right. Like Peter Parker is. But right. I love Spider-Man, so it's mm -hmm. fine, even mm -hmm. though that's problematic. <laughs> right. <laughs> there should be more than just Peter Parker. Right. But yeah, so uh, too long didn't read. Fuck off, Fallen Order. Too long didn't read. <laughs> this is a <laughs> auditory medium, but too long didn't read. <laughs> oh man, that's dumb, man. And I finished a good half of my wine glass because I was just so angry and taking a sip after every sentence. And so now, yeah, I'm feeling it. 
I didn't want to have to bring the bottle in my office with me because I had to shut the windows because there's children outside being really loud and like being joyful and it's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck them kids. It's like summertime and they're playing and it's Monday. Like what's wrong with you? So I filled my wine. I did like a faux pas and I filled my wine glass all the way up to the top pretty much because it's white. (laughs) It's white wine and I didn't want to take the bottle in here and have it get warm. Uh Um, and it's half gone too. So <laughs> it's pretty much a full glass of wine. Yeah. I have the bottle in here with me and I'm also drinking white wine, but I'm weird in that I don't mind my white wine warm. Oh, I think there's something wrong with this bottle because I tried drinking it at room temperature and it doesn't taste good. It doesn't taste like it normally yeah. tastes. I think it's the the batch is bad, but I'm still yeah. going to drink it anyway. I just want to chill. Wine pod. (laughs) Wine pod. (laughs) Clink, clink, bitch. Clink, clink, bitch. Um, All right. Let's get to our main topic uh, for this this week's episode. Um, We're going to talk about Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed, who I very sadly left out of my conversation (laughs) in my coverage of the panel, the publishing panel at Celebration. (laughs) I'm sorry, Alexander Freed. I will never forget that I did that. I'm sure he doesn't care. (laughs) I'm sure he Uh, doesn't even know who the fuck we are. (laughs) No, not at all. Um, And he was talking about this book, so it makes me feel even worse because I really enjoyed this book. But oops. Oh, well, it's fine. Yeah. I only really cared about um, Zoraida being there and yeah. Claudia Gray. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, if this we are going to talk spoilers. So mm-hmm. if you have not or if you don't want to be spoiled for Alphabet Squadron, maybe you don't care if you haven't read it. Um, don't listen to this episode like the rest Get of the, the fuck whole, out of here. The whole rest of the episode is us talking about it. So just bye. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Glad you had a I don't even know how long we've been talking. Good, you know, 15, 20 minutes maybe of us bitching about video games and wine and shit. So, yeah, uh, Alphabet Squadron takes place. It's post Battle of Endor and post Operation Cinder, which we'll talk about in a second. And um, basically the Imperials are starting to defect the, to the New Republic. They're officially the New Republic now. And so our main character, Erica Quell, is a an Imperial defector, and she is fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. What were your overall thoughts? I really liked this book. I took my time with it because I made it my nighttime book where I can read a little bit and then go to bed. Um, And I'm really glad I did because usually like I zoom through these books and don't have the full time to like truly appreciate them. Um, But I really liked this book. I'll be honest, I did have a little bit of a hard time getting into it. Um, But then once I did, I was full speed ahead. I I love all of the characters for the most part. I'm I'm very excited to see where they go. And I like that even though it had a lot of like battle stuff, which Alexander Freed is very good at writing battle stuff because usually like I just kind of gloss over it. But there are some parts where I was like, oh, that's interesting. OK, right. Um, but it's also very character heavy, which if you know anything, you know, I'm a slut for character heavy shit. Yeah, I feel like I really liked it. I feel like. His um, novelization of Rogue One was the best novelization mm-hmm. of all of the film novelizations. I still haven't read um, Revenge of the Sith, so I guess I will I will wait until I read that, mm-hmm. <laughs> until I make mm-hmm. my full judgment. 
but that's that's my favorite novelization so far. And mm -hmm. I think it's because um, it's characters that I'm familiar with and I've like yeah. seen on screen and I'm like, oh my God, I want to know more about them. I have a really hard time getting into Twilight Company. I like yeah. read like maybe the first few chapters and I just put it down and I was like, I'm going to have to read this another time because I can't, I can't focus on who's who and what's happening. And I kind of felt I had a hard time getting into that, this book for the exact same reason. I was just like, who are these people? Like, and mm -hmm. honestly, the only thing that kept me going was like those intros that we saw on Twitter and that we talked about on one of our episodes. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, I already know who these characters are. Like, I know what they look like, kind of. And so I'm just like waiting to see like how they're introduced. And so that, mm -hmm. and then once you got past that point, it's like, oh, now there's a bunch of stuff happening. So yeah. it's exciting. But yeah, I had kind of a hard time too, because I didn't know who Adon was. Because mm -hmm. I was like, who is this guy? I'm like, why is he in here so much? Like, I don't care about him. <laughs> like, oh, that's a mood. Um, and then uh, once, like, everybody came together, I was like, okay, this is really cool. I, I'm enjoying this a lot. But mm -hmm. it definitely mm -hmm. feels like the first book of a trilogy. Like, yes. it kind of feels like a lot happens, but nothing happens. Mm -hmm. But also a lot happens. <laughs> <laughs> um. And, like, we definitely get introduced to, like, a future, like, antagonist, like, slowly throughout the book as well. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't know. I'm I'm really glad that this is a trilogy because I feel like you – know, I now that I am able to, like, fully enjoy Alexander Freed's writing, like, his character writing when it's not characters mm -hmm. that I'm fully familiar with, like, I'm going to go back and give Twilight Company another chance and mm – -hmm the next two books of this trilogy are going to be absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I'm really stoked for them. Real quick before we talk about the characters, let's talk about Operation Cinder just to give mm -hmm. some context because you put so like why in the notes, <laughs> which I want to know why you think that. So I'll for, you know, background just in case people have forgotten what Operation Cinder is. It was introduced in Shattered Empire, the comic it was like a four-issue um, comic um, that was like post-Endor, um, and it had, um, uh, oh my god, what's her name? Poe Dameron's mom, um, Sharbay. Yeah, and it had Leia and Han, and they were basically like taking out the less parts of the Empire that had risen up, and then all of a sudden we get introduced to this whole like contingency plan that, that the Emperor had, Operation Cinder. And then it was also in Battlefront 2, which I have not played, so I don't know the story on that. Um, but the Versios are involved somehow. Yes. Um, and so it, um, this is the from Wikipedia, um, the quote, Operation Cinder lasted for at least three months after an attack on Naboo, the homeworld of Emperor Sheev, um, <laughs> and a rallying point for many sympathizers. Um, the other worlds that were targeted were Vardos, Burnin Khan, Candivant, Abednego. Ab Ab oh, my God. Sorry. Bible class is coming back. Abednado, Commonor, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Necronus. Um, and by the end of the war, um, the secret contingency was clandestinely carried out to rebuild the empire in the unknown region. So this is from um, uh, Empire's End of um, the Aftermath trilogy. Like they flee to the unknown regions with Ray Sloan. Mm -hmm. Um, and the New Republic was triumphant and survived the Galactic Civil War. Um, and so basically mm -hmm. this was like a last-ditch effort by the Emperor to destroy all these really important planets 
um, and get the empire back together so that they could rebuild and take mm -hmm. out as much of the rebellion as possible. And it was a very like cruel, like mm -hmm. just heartless, like based, like go after Naboo. Like it's like this beautiful, <laughs> like it's his home world. First of all, like mm -hmm. like fuck does that. Second of all, it's just like a peaceful planet that like makes art and like is cultured and is beautiful. Like they don't, I don't know. It was, it's just, it's awful. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so what is your like, why? <laughs> response? <laughs> I think, I think the thing that I've been slowly kind of gathering my thoughts about operation cinder is like, what's the fucking point? Um, Aside from, like, destroying important planets so that the Rebellion can't have them. It feels very much so like Sheevan is like, I'm taking my toys and I'm going home. Like, if you can't, if or or if I can't have it, no one can. Yeah. Type of thing. Um, yeah. But then I was also, I was listening to the Sapphic Skywalkers episode on Alphabet Squadron yesterday. And something that they brought up was that it was it could also be seen like as a test for the remaining imperials um yeah. because this is a thing that Erica talks a lot about throughout alphabet squadron where if you stayed after operation cinder or during operation cinder that means like you were an imperial yeah. um no questions asked you would follow every order until the end of your days because Erica describes a lot of it as senseless killing. Yeah. She's like, you know, you people die in wars, but if there's a reason behind it, I have an easier time getting over it. But this, it makes no sense. Like we're just killing these worlds because. And so those who stuck around to just kill worlds because we're a, like the loyalist people of the empire and what would eventually go on to build the first order i think it was like they were the um, like actual emperor's sycophants because mm -hmm. any imperial that's like just hanging out because oh it's good pay it's you know i just want to fly a, a starfighter or a tie fighter or whatever and i just you know i want my family to get benefits or i don't even know what mm -hmm. the what the empire does but it's like this was like even like the way in um shattered empire like how the um the droid things, I don't even know what they're called, like golem things that showed up with <laughs> the like, messengers. Yeah, the messengers that have Palpatine's face and they mm -hmm. like demand like a blood like sacrifice essentially <laughs> to, like from the commanders to like yeah. give them the message is very culty. Yep. And I think it's just like who's who's really with me. I think there is something to that. Mm -hmm. Like not just like who is here for like the glory of the galaxy. It's like who's here for Sheev's empire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like th the way Wikipedia says a rallying point for Imperial sympathizers, like that is the rallying point. Like, mm -hmm. are you, are you willing to rebuild this the way I meant it to be built <laughs> rather mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. like all these idealists that are just like, we just want order in the galaxy. It's like, no, yeah. we want Sheev's order in the galaxy. And that's troubling for some of the characters that we run into in other in other books and other mediums, like Ray Sloan. Like she stuck through Operation Cinder, like, mm -hmm. and then she left out to the unknown regions. Like, what does that mean for her? Like, 
that's that's troubling to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Ugh, and I think we kind of see some of this explored too in Battlefront. Because like we were saying, it deals a lot with Operation Cinder. Because initially, like Aiden and Del Miko continue and stay with the Empire after um, the Battle of Endor and after the Death Star 2 explodes. And the thing that gets them to be like, wait a minute, this isn't what we thought the Empire stood for, is when they go home to Vardos. Um, Vardos is Aiden's homeworld. And they're told to destroy it. And she was just like, wait, 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 this is not what I joined the Empire for. Like, I joined the Empire to protect the people. Oh, and damn. now I'm not doing that. I'm killing them. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. I think I think Operation Cinder brings along a lot of like really interesting reasons into why people joined the Empire, why they left and why they stayed. I agree. And that is really what this book is about for Erica. Yeah. And I think, too, we just don't like we don't know enough about the emperor's contingency plan to know exactly like we like, this is an idea of like what it could be. And it probably is a part of it, but I'm sure there's more to it because Sheev is Sheev. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. maybe in uh, the rise of Skywalker, we will find out more, which excites me a lot, or at least in like some supplemental material, like books and comics and and things like that. But I also wonder if like, maybe it was just because Maybe he just wanted to be cruel because he yeah, is cruel. Right. Like, because in um, Nuras, I think is her actual name, but grandma. Yeah. Um, frequently, like, tries to interact with her messenger that's still there. Yeah. And like within her last moments, she's like, tell me why. Yeah. Why were we doing this? Was it all worth it? And like the messenger says nothing. And so it kind of seems like it's. Like, there was no point. Either that or she just wasn't privy to know. It was... She questioned, so she's not worthy. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But, I mean, like, she was also, like, she was a she's ride or die. Yeah, she was. Oh, man. This fucking... She... I love him. I'm sorry. (laughs) He's just so fucking twisted and crazy. Let's get to Grandma in a second. Yeah. Because she's fascinating to me. Let's go mm-hmm. through the main characters. Erica Quell, how do you feel <laughs> about this Eric- woman? <laughs> Erica Quell is the epitome of a disaster bi. <laughs> so it's established that Erica is bi, by yeah. the way, which is yeah. fucking chef kiss, sim and the feek. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a girlfriend going into the empire and their, her whole plan was like, they were going to defect together to go to the rebellion. Like they were going to learn how to fly in the empire and then defect and go to the rebellion. Like this fucking beautiful romance. And then something happened and they broke up and then she had a boyfriend within the empire. And it's like, Oh yeah. Good for you, girl. Get but it. she is a disaster <laughs> Dude. because I mean, like she just, Talk about like rigid thinking. So we have these we have this thing that I teach kids a lot in therapy, um, the difference between rigid thinking and flexible thinking. And so like rigid thinking is being like set in your ways, refusing to see other people's points of view. It's my way or the highway kind of thing. And flexible thinking is 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 the complete polar opposite of like, okay, I can 
empathize with other people or I can think about what they're thinking about. Um, I can look at it from their shoes, uh, within their shoes and from their point of view and stuff like that. But like Erica just can't wrap her head around the fact that like in order to be able to get closer to her team, she actually has to talk to them. Do you think that that's like a trauma thing, though? Like oh, she yes. got like rigid thinking, I feel like is associated with like PTSD oh, yes. and stuff like that. Oh, like yes. I I totally felt that as like a like I can't get close to these people because I have to lead them. Otherwise, I'm going to lose them. And I yep. don't want to like get close to people again and then just either have them turn on me or watch them die. She is a, I, my comment in the notes is she's a hot fucking mess and flawed and I love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is the most real character, like, yeah. since Ahsoka, I feel like. Yeah. She just, like, she cannot, she is so programmed by the Empire. She is so hard for her to get away from that, which is so real. Like, mm-hmm. I feel that and I'm going to have a comment later on um, when we start talking about um, what we did and didn't like. about this like the patriarchy is like that it's like so ingrained in us it is so hard to get away from that thinking sometimes and that's her she's just like these aren't imperials like they're not disciplined they don't know what they're doing like if i was with the imperial navy like we would be doing this and it's like no and hera has to remind her these are rebels like these are rebel Mm -hmm. pilots like they think differently they work differently like they're not just cannon fodder like they are mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it, like you said it's like so rigid it's so hard for her to wrap her head around that mm-hmm. um but i that i think that's totally conditioning i think that's what the empire oh, yeah. has done to so many people there's a great comment that hera makes to erica that like the empire valued squadrons but the rebellion values pilots which i so, love <laughs> yes so erica's coming at it from a squadron point of view with and and not realizing that that's not how the rebellion works like we focus on individual pilots and their individual needs and how we can cater to them you know stuff like that um i think it's interesting that she has such a hard time with that concept considering like the makeup of her squadron alphabet squadron it's like all these different ships like obviously they're not going to operate yeah. as like a tie squadron because they are all these ships have different purposes like mm-hmm. in, in terms of damage it's like i'm gonna be really nerdy it's like having an mmo or a D group put together like you yeah <laughs> like everyone yeah. has a different role and like how they go about these battles and erica is still very much in the like tie squadron mindset and it's hard mm-hmm. for her to get out of that i thought it was very weird that they chose her to be the leader out of everybody I mean, I think logistically it made the most sense in terms of she was a lieutenant within the Empire. Yeah, and and she's the one who was in the squadron that they're going after. Yeah. And, like, for some reason, like, if you defect from the Empire, you get to keep your your rank. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) It's very fucking weird. I don't get it. Um, Whatever. But I think think when they were talking about when uh, Adon and Hera were talking about who's going to be the leader, he was like, well, if I make it Nath, like he's just going to take my squadron (laughs) and like be a dick. And it can't be Will because he's not leadership material. It can't be Chas because she's not leadership material. It can't be Kairos because she doesn't talk. (laughs) Um, And so that kind of process of elimination. Yeah. Yeah. Basically (laughs) what it came down to was, well, yes, it has to be Erica. 
<laughs> I think you're probably right. <laughs> it's just like this mess of people that like is all so damaged and just like uh can't pull it together. <laughs> no. That's why I love them. I know. They're such disasters. It's great. Yeah. Let's talk about Adon because I fucking I hate him. Fucking dickhole, man. <laughs> I, I hate just, him I too. He's so annoying. It's just like, can you fuck off onto the face of the sun? Well, it just shows that, like, even within the rebellion, or I guess the the new republic, like, pe- power corrupts, abs- or mm. p- pow- what is it? Corrupt power corrupts absolutely. What absolute power corrupts absolutely, or whatever the mm-hmm. phrase is. Like, he was just hungry for power. Like, he didn't want anyone to take away this chance for him to lead a squadron, even though he's like imperial intelligence or republic intelligence. Like. Why do you even have a squadron? Like that doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, <laughs> he didn't want anyone to take that away from him. Yeah. And he has the audacity to think he can lead he can talk to Harrison Dula like the way he talks to Harrison Dula. Oh, exactly. I was like, "Sir, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to take a step away." <laughs> Oh, yeah. Every scene he was in, I was just like, fuck you. I mm-hmm. want to get his, through this scene as fast as possible. I don't like you. Like, even when he was first introduced, I was just like, yeah. nope, don't like you. Don't want to read anything more about you. <laughs> and I hate that his whole MO is like to get as much dirt on Erica as he can to use it against her. It's just like, what what more do you want from her? Was he Imperial Intelligence? I don't think so. I think he's always been rebellion. That's fucking disturbing then. I mean, not to say that like there's not bad and, you know, morally gray people on every side, mm-hmm. but just, oh, but I really like that there's a character like this in yeah. the New Republic, you know, like that is a, that's a fact of life. Like, yeah. I mean, us as American citizens, maybe not the two of us specifically right now like are like oh america's great america's good (laughs) definitely not us (laughs) but there's definitely like villains on this side of the border you know what i mean Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um if we're looking at it in black and white like i don't know versus russia or something yeah (laughs) which is the whole thing but like like no dick cheney was a person in this country (laughs) who was a leader and had a Power. like there's people like that in the new republic like mm-hmm. they just i don't know it's it's very fast it's fascinating to have a character like that in star wars because i feel like we got a little bit of that in um aftermath with sinjir like he was but he was like he had a lot of other issues and he wanted to do the right thing but he just had trouble doing it <laughs> where in this case mm-hmm. this guy doesn't like the right thing for him is whatever makes him powerful and yeah. yeah, he's doing it for the right reasons, but he doesn't have good intentions. <laughs> right, 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 right. So he's just a dick. Let's talk about Nath, my husband slash. <laughs> I like your note in here. <laughs> um, I put he's another dickhole that I want to bone because I like assholes, apparently. <laughs> and the you said I- there was no room for thirst in this episode. <laughs> I know. I forgot about him. <laughs> he's a forgettable boning. Um <laughs> No, it's like totally my type, just like older asshole guy that just like does the right thing and is like scruffy with like salt and pepper hair. I was like, oh, fuck, man. (laughs) Um, But he's a dick also who has Mm -hmm. like, I mean, he like defected from, 
I mean, not defected, but he just like abandoned <laughs> like mm-hmm. his post and became a pirate. Okay, <laughs> which I mean, and not and not like I want to get out of the empire because the empire is bad. It's I was doing something bad within the bad empire, <laughs> right? <laughs> and they were going to punish me for being bad. And then I saw a way to make money. So hey, <laughs> why <Yeah>. not? <laughs> which yeah. I kind of relate to actually. <laughs> oh uh maybe that's why i want to bone him um but yeah i just like his whole i mean like i was so conflicted by him the entire book so i was like i want to fuck you but also you're being shady like why Mm -hmm. are you being so secretive and like obviously you have ulterior motives and then when it's revealed like his agreement with adon of how he's essentially like adon's agent Mm-hmm. I don't know, like Adon's, like the way that he sets this team up to have like kind of checks and balances against the person he picks to be a leader is really mm-hmm. disturbing. Yeah. Like he's trying to dig up dirt on Erica through the droid, the therapy droid. And then he's, or no, it's not the therapy droid. It's his, is it the therapy droid? Yeah. He's trying to get him to break. It's the same droid. Or- yeah, break like the, get the droid to break confidentiality. But she doesn't give him shit. We'll get to that in a right. second. Um <laughs> and then <laughs> also like this other check with like Nath, like Nath gets to, you know, do a murder if everything goes south. <laughs> like he gets what he wants. Um mm-hmm. it's just like, wow. Yeah. But then I also like I really like the way he interacts with some of the other squad members. Like the way he interacts with Will is adorable. <sighs> Like he acts like a big brother to him. Um, And I like the way he interacts with Chess. And I even like the way he interacts with Kairos. um, Yeah. Which I like the way everybody interacts with Kairos because nobody knows how to fucking interact (laughs) with Kairos. And it's the best. I know. Um, But yeah, like I, I have, I have issues with liking Nath because like I like parts of him, but then like this whole I'm going to fucking kill Erica and I'm going to do some dirty shit because I'm a dirty bitch. It's like, stop. but is that, is, isn't that all of us? Really? <laughs> you want to do some dirty shit because you're a dirty bitch? <laughs> I didn't mean it that that point, but yes, I guess. <laughs> I meant like we all have like good and bad. I don't know. Maybe that's why yeah. I relate to him so much. I was just yeah, like, true. He, I'm I'm very fascinated by him and Erica, and I'm excited that there's two more books with them because mm-hmm. I feel like we just get this taste of the both of them where it's like, dude, these characters are like, there's a lot going on and mm-hmm. there's so much more to be explored. Do you think they're going to hate fuck? I don't know. I feel like that it's setting it up to be like that because he's like the one older dude that like, it would be appropriate for them to have like a sexual relationship in any other book. But I Mm -hmm. really, I really hope that's not the case. I hope that Erica and Chas hook up to be honest. Yes. (laughs) Like I wouldn't mind if like Nath and Erica like had uh, like a one night thing. Like they got their shit out of the way and they're like, all right, we're good. We boned out our hate for each other. And then Erica's like, all right, I'm going to go date Chas now. Yep. Peace out. And their child, Will, is just like, moms. <laughs> my, my moms. One of which, like, kind of hates me. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Chas because yeah. mom Chas 
So you put out some Twitter questions or a Twitter question. Yeah. Which um, I was about to leave for work and I was bored and I was like, I could put out a Twitter question. <laughs> so Chas's thing is like to blast music while she's in battle, which is amazing. Um, yes. She's like a metalhead. And her also one of her role models is Jen Urso, which I love mm. her so much for that. Um, mm -hmm. So the question that you put out on Twitter was, what's one song you think would be on Chas Nachatik's flight playlist? And these are some of the responses that we got. Okay, who are you? Thai pilot dandy. I almost said daddy. Wow. Um, Ew. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, prison song by System of a Down. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Mediocre Jedi says Bodies by Drowning Pool. War Ensemble <laughs> by Slayer. Yes. Um, <laughs> Attitude by Bad Brains. And then Green Hell by Misfits. Yup. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian or Mark Mandalorian says Cherry Bomb, yes, by yes. Runaways. Meg Pyre says so much KMFDM, which I have no idea what that is. I think it's like a German metal band or something like that. That's I briefly why. Googled it. <laughs> it's probably why I have no idea. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Sam Wow X says a lot of Janelle Monet. Fuck yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, James Jawa says Gorilla Radio. Uh, salt and Vinegar. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> it says Rise Above by Black Flag. I thought there were more. Where did they go? Or no, maybe there were some quote tweets. There we go. Quotes, yeah. Um, Paul Buford LA says Sabotage by Beastie Boys. Yep, I could see mm -hmm. that. He also says Anti-Up, which I did not know who did this song. I had to look it up, and it is like the most obscure Buster Rhyme songs I've, I've ever known. <laughs> and I was like, but I could see that. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think that's all we got. Yeah. How? What? What would you want? To I play? wrote down a whole bunch of stuff. I think that one of the things that would be like one of the number, like the first song on Chas's playlist is "Back in Black" by ACDC. Yeah, because I think that is a song that everybody needs to have on their road trip playlist. Yep, because it's that. just just fucking rock the fuck out to that. Um, Who are you by the Who? Yeah, that's another great one that everybody needs on their road trip playlist. Mm -hmm. um, she would also jam the fuck out to "Just a Girl" by No Doubt. <laughs> like, can I? Like, all I could think of was like the last battle when they're on Pandem Nye. And Chas is flying around in her B-wing and kicking some TIE fighter butt. And, like, all I can hear in my head is just a girl. And I'm like, yes. Just a girl living in captivity. Yep. <laughs> um, another one that Chas has on, on her playlist that she fucking belts at the top of her lungs is You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette. Um, <laughs> because she is here to remind you of the mess you left when you went away. Okay, like Chas is here. Oh my god! <laughs> she also blasts the entirety of Jagged Little Pill, but like you ought to know, especially. Um, she also listens to literally anything by Fleetwood Mac, mm. particularly the Chain and Go Your Own Way. Okay, all right. She listens to the entire album of American Idiot because <laughs> that album still fucking slaps. Um. She listens to Blackpink. Okay. Because she likes to bop every once in a while. Um, and she a thousand percent listens 
a thousand percent listens to Abba <laughs> and feels no guilt or remorse. <laughs> she just fucking blasts gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight across all comms channels. Can I just say the one person, the one artist I thought of when I thought of her, and I know this, I mean, she's like a metalhead, most likely. <laughs> so it doesn't make sense, but Lizzo, like Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was really loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, all about like loving yourself and female mm-hmm. empowerment and being a bad bitch and don't fucking call me. Yes. Like I work my femininity. Yes. Yes. I am 100% that bitch. <laughs> yes. It is. Um, Lizzo's been giving me life lately. Have yes. Empowerment music. Yes. Was a few weeks. But yeah, um, that's the one artist that I was just like, that's, that's who she would play. The one other song that I think would be on every single one of her playlists. Happy playlist, sad playlist, pump up playlist, angry playlist, doesn't matter. Is Gasolina by Daddy Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That song is a good song. <laughs> and I've had a lot of wine. Now I'm like uh, looking through my playlist, my gym playlist. I don't think about anything else except for Oh yeah, I didn't even think Lizzo. about what's on my gym playlist. I have a lot of Kendrick Lamar on my gym playlist. DNA, that's probably a song that she would have on her playlist. Yeah. I have a lot of Elton John. I feel like that says a lot about me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Elton John fucking slips. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, she, her guilty pleasure is like 90s pop music. Oh, she yeah. fucking loves Britney Spears. She TLC. fucking loves. Yes. She loves Destiny's Child. She loves NSYNC. The Spice Girls. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. would blast one no of Oh my god. Out. Like I don't give a fuck if she's described as a metalhead. Chas Nachotic loves Spice Girls. Like what does that really mean in a galaxy far far away? Like that can metalhead mean could be a Spice Girls, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe that's their metal. <laughs> now I'm thinking Spice about- up your life. Um this weekend me and Maya semi rose on Twitter went to um, the uh, Sanrio store in Little Tokyo in downtown LA to see Gretzko from mm-hmm. Gretzko on Netflix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I'm picturing Chasna Chodic as a Gre- uh, as Retzko, like <laughs> doing karaoke to like death metal <laughs> while she's yes. while she's flying around. <laughs> I love it. So relatable. Um, so thank you guys for participating in that. Fun yeah. segment of the pod. How do you feel about Chas as a character? Um, I love her, but I also want to shake her and be like, what the fuck? Uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm so confused by her because I feel like she like has a death wish. Like she yeah. has, you know, Jin Erso is obviously one of her heroes and she like wants to go out as a hero. Like she wants to... Mm-hmm. She's she's willing to die for the Republic. She's not willing to live for the Republic. Yeah. <laughs> Dying is easy, young man. Live harder. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And then she just has so much anger and she doesn't want to talk about her feelings, which I totally relate to. Mm-hmm. 
and she's it's so much easier for her to be angry at Will versus like angry at the system that she's been yeah. born into and like the the shit that she's in like but she's still here and she's still fighting I don't know she's a very interesting character yeah you know what <laughs> I kept thinking about when she was like I'm gonna go out in a battle like that they were playing like when they were playing that game on the um what the fuck was that ship that got destroyed? The Hellions Dare or whatever yeah, it was yeah. when they were playing the like how, when and who game or something like that. Yeah, which is uh, fucking like, morbid. <laughs> it's so morbid. How are you going to die? When is it going to be? And who do you want to tell? Like who who should be the first to know? And Chas said something about, you know, third Death Star blowing it up tell mon mothma yeah um like something epic yeah and like very hero like yeah and this is gonna be really fucking lame but it reminded me <laughs> a lot of lieutenant dan from <laughs> forrest gump <laughs> but like does it not like he he you know forrest gump rescues him during the vietnam war fucking pissed because every there's been one member of Lieutenant Dan's family who has died in every <laughs> single war. And he was like, I was going to be the one who died in Vietnam. And he gets saved against his own will and then gets new legs and <laughs> ice cream. Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> I love that you drew that parallel. I haven't thought about that movie in 10 years. <laughs> I used to watch it a lot as a kid. I did too, but for some reason, I just haven't thought about it in a long time. And I love that <laughs> Chasna Chaddick and Lieutenant Dan have something in common. <laughs> but like that, that, that's like what I kept thinking of. Yeah. Lieutenant was... Dan got new legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but it was like after a while, it got frustrating. You know no, what I did. mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like, girl, just fucking stop. <laughs> yeah, just chill and just live. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> you're like, here. I, like, just, yeah. yeah. And I understand, like, why she was frustrated with Will. Like, she, made, she makes a good point of, like, you took my choice away from me. Like, it was my decision to stay back and try to fight as much as I can and go out with the rest of my squadron. But at the same time, like, if I were in Will's position, I would have made the same decision, right? Like, yeah, I have I one more too. squad. Yeah, I have one more <laughs> squad member. I'm not going to let this one person. Die. I'm not going to be the sole survivor. Why I'm would not. I? Why would I assume that my last remaining squad member had a death wish? Like, right? I would assume that they want they would want to survive because right? that is a normal human response to having mm -hmm. death looking you in the face, right? <laughs> But like then she spends the rest of the book mad at him. I think like, that's I think that's just misplaced. Like she's yeah. mad. That's the one place that she can put her anger. And mm -hmm. like because there's where else is she going to put it? Like the what she can't do anything against the empire. Like they're trying to, and that's why they're in this situation. Like it's just it's totally deflection. Yeah. And it, and it is annoying. It's like grow the fuck up. Like yeah. The sweet boy saved your life and he mm -hmm. just wants to do the right thing and he's amazing. Let's talk about Will. <laughs> Yay, 
my sweet baby boy. Okay, when he was talking to the Thai pilot when they were just chilling, waiting. Oh. oh. My son. I was like, oh my God, who are you? You're going to die. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I love him. My sweet bean. And he just wants to go home and ride his he animal. He wants to go home. <laughs> but he can't because he feels obligated to like see this through. <sighs> He's just so sweet. He's just such a good boy. He just wants to do what's right. And that means sacrificing like what he wants. And I fucking relate to that so hard. And he's just a sweet bean. Like there is no mean bone in this boy's body. And he's got so much trauma because he fought at the Battle of Endor. Dude. And then <laughs> let, let's talk about this really quick. When they were doing the flight simulators and then they pulled up the Battle of Endor as a flight simulator. I was <laughs> mad. Yeah. Yep. Like, I can't remember who it was, but it was like, are you sure you should be doing this with Will? Yeah. Here? And like, Erica's like, yep, let's do it. And I'm like, fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Exposure therapy doesn't work like that. Also, it's not good with trauma work. <laughs> but he handled it just fine. He was like, yeah. okay, let's do this again. <laughs> yeah. I want to fucking know what happened at Endor with him. I feel like we're going to find out eventually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He is the perfect balance for this team because everyone is just shitheads. And then he's just like this angel of light. Um, When you talked about shipping him and Luke, I didn't get it because I hadn't gotten that far into the book yet. And then Mm -hmm. once I finished it, I was like, I totally get it because like Luke needs someone like Will and Will needs someone like Luke. (laughs) And oh, my God, did they meet? I don't know because like there was I can't remember there was a part in the book where Skywalker the name Skywalker gets mentioned and like Will has some sort of reaction to it and I can't remember what it was. Oh my god. And I don't feel like looking for it. So (laughs) if you know what it was. I don't remember, but I remember it being mentioned. Yeah. (sighs) Maybe it's because he was like, Oh shit, we had a one night stand on Endor. Mm. <laughs> he was sad he lost his daddy. I was there for him. So I became his daddy. Oh my god. <laughs> we, we can't I'm going it was not. like I'm going to comfort this poor boy with my dick. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've had wine. I like how you put Kairos last on this list because we don't really even know <laughs> what to say about her. No. I really loved her. Okay, I really loved in the whole, like throughout the whole book, like Alexander Freed would be like, this is their story. I thought that mm-hmm. was really nice. I liked that writing style. Yeah. Um, and different. when we got to, yeah. When we got to Kairos's part, I was very fucking confused. I was too. Because <laughs> I was I just, just- Describing hand motion. Yeah. I don't fully understand what I'm looking at here. <laughs> no. But I also knew it was like really important because like Kairos of all people is sharing her story. I and I love that they're like in a Jedi temple. Yes. Like, that's like having all this like mystical shit happening and they're sharing and like bonding. Yeah. 
And like, and and she seems like from the descriptions that are given, like she seems to have this like reverence for the temple. Yeah, and that's really cool. Like, I love these little emotional moments of Kairos, like that, and also when um, Erica brings in the crew and is like, "Hey, look at this cool shit I did to your X wings or your X wings, all of your yeah starfighters." <laughs> And and Kairos is like lovingly touching the Alphabet Squadron logo on her U wing. I know. Like, I don't know. They, they, there's these just sweet moments. I fucking uh, loved that moment so much. Yeah, me too. It was so cute. That was like one of those like moments in the movie where it'd just be like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> like we're a team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like. Oh, I'm so. I want to know about Kairos because, like you said, she has this reverence for, like, the Jedi Temple. She's obviously familiar with what the Jedi are. Mm-hmm. Like, was she, like, on Coruscant as someone she knows a Jedi in her family? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, we literally – we don't even know which species she is. No. Like, we know nothing. And she and only she- says, like, one sentence the entire book. Wait, does she really? Yeah, she said she says something to is it Will or Nath? No, I don't remember. I don't remember either, but it was something fucking foreboding and creepy as fuck. Yeah, it's during it's when they're on that planet. Yeah. I'm That's when she trying. speaks. She she speaks with the sand. Yeah. She loves sand. She what if she's from Tatooine? I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> everybody's from some type of Everybody's from Tatooine. <laughs> or Jakku. Or this new planet that we're going to have in the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> that's another <laughs> desert planet that I already put the name of. Whatever. All right. I can't find it, but that's fine. That's fine. To be continued to yep. see for Kairos, because she's just a big she's fat in- question mark. <laughs> yeah. She's interesting. Yeah. Um, also, she can like rip the heads off of people easily i know she's like she's kind of like a chewy if you think about it yeah she's like comforting to have around because she's very dangerous but you don't know what she's saying Mm -hmm. or or anything about her (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know um there is one last character that is in this book that we have to talk about because she's featured heavily and I was not expecting her to be featured as heavily as she was, but I was so happy about it. Hera Syndulla. General. Whoa! General Hera Syndulla. General Hera Syndulla. Space mom forever. General oh my meme. god. She is space mom forever, literally. Like, momming Alphabet Squadron, momming Adon, momming everybody, and I love it. I love her so much. Where is where is her son during this time? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I thought, I thought it was interesting that like there is literally no mention of Jason. Um obviously a man wrote this book, okay? <laughs> like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Though I do really appreciate that Hera has a couple of different moments where she thinks about the ghost crew and oh, is like, yeah. I miss my family. Yeah. Um and like makes connections between like the ghost crew when they first were kind of getting together and getting to know one another and um, alphabet squadron getting to know one another. And I think that's really nice. Like 
the whole purpose really of Hera sending them on that mission to the Jedi temple, aside from like getting supplies was for them to bond. Yeah. She knew what she was like, doing. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like that episode in rebels where she sends, um, what the fuck is their name? <laughs> Zeb and <laughs> Ezra. Oh my God. <laughs> Two very <laughs> important star Wars characters. I'm a fake star Wars fan. Um, <laughs> She sends Zeb and Ezra out to get Melu runs, which yeah. just sends them on a wild goose kit, goose chase. And they come back and they're like best friends. Yeah. And so she's just like, I'm going to do that again. Because I'm Hera fucking Syndulla and I know how to get people to like each other. And I love how she's like, I would do this differently. I would do this like this, but they have to figure it out on their own. And she's yes. just kind of like, she's like the wise mom who's just like, lets her kids figure out who they are and their relationships to each other versus like stupid fucking Adon who's like, you guys mm -hmm. have to work together. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, she's just great. And I love that she kind of takes over versus like Adon getting put in yeah. the background because yeah, she's a leader for a reason yeah. and he's not. What the fuck does he know about pilots? He's an intelligence. He knows nothing about pilots. That's Hera's thing is knowing about these type of people. Yeah. Oh, I I thoroughly enjoyed how much Hera there was in this. I didn't realize how much I missed her. Right? Like, I wasn't the biggest fan of Rebels because of, like, a lot of stuff, how her and Sabine were written. Mm -hmm. And this made me crave for more of her and Sabine being written by, like, a female writer. Yeah. I mean, I know Ex Alexander Freed is not. A woman but mm -hmm. this was written like he, so well yeah i was gonna you say know? i feel like he really understands Hera. yeah absolutely um I, it just shows like what can be done with this character when she is especially in like a written medium because Hera's is really complex like she's right. a mother she's a leader she has compassion she's also like very like military minded and mm -hmm. That is hard to put in like an on-screen medium because you need a lot of like um, like monologue behind that, I think, yeah. to get like a full realization of the character. And I feel like um, in A New Dawn, they do a really good job with her. and in in this book also, like she's she's a good book character. And yeah, I, I want more of her. I hope she's yes. in the next two books. Oh, please. And then, like, also have her mention Jason at least once. Right? Have Jason show up. Like, Ooh, that'd be cool. Have Jason like, show up. Take your son to work day. <laughs> yeah. Like, where is he? Like, it's not like he's with his dad. Like, Kanan's <laughs> dead. Sorry. <laughs> like, sorry, Kate. <laughs> his dad is super dead. Super dead. Um, Ezra's gone. Uh, Zeb and Callus are off being whatever they're doing. Being furries. Being furries. <laughs> Callus is a furry. Oh my god, Abby. Abigail. <laughs> you know what? Yep, you you calling me Abigail at the start of this episode was very fitting. <laughs> uh Sabine, I had a very long Sabine day. can show up. Like yeah. Sabine and Ahsoka could show up. Yes. Oh my god. Fuck, now I want more books. <laughs> More books, more books. Um, there's one more character. Sorry, I keep saying there's one more character. <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> but wait, I, there's more. 
because like I've had wine. Um, grandma, uh, Shakara Nares is what is she? She is Colonel Commander. Yes. She's the commander of the mm-hmm. 204th Imperial Fighter Wing, which is the um, unit that uh, Erica was in and the unit that they are hunting down, a.k.a. Shadow Squadron. Um, yes. She is such an old lady, and I love her. She calls the rebels separatists. Yeah. I think that's so interesting to me. Right? Especially because, like, their official title is the Alliance to Restore the Republic. Yeah. Um, but, like, to to Nares, like, it's all just one big war. She like, constantly thinks back about the Clone Wars. Yeah. Like, the Clone and Wars never ended for her. This no. is just the continuation of the Clone Wars. Okay, so her character totally reminded me of that, like, Vietnam vet archetype of, like, we're still in this, guys. Like, yeah. it hasn't ended, but it's a female character. And yeah. so, and she has just this, She ha- she's having, like, an existential crisis by the end of the book of, like, why? Like you said, yeah. like, at the beginning of the episode, like, she's asking the messenger, Why? And it's kind mm-hmm. of like she's asking that for everything. Yeah. Like, why this? Why the Clone Wars? Why anything? Right. I just, I, this is a concept that I constantly want to see played out in some sort of Star Wars medium is the idea of separatists and people of the Republic having to work together within the Alliance. Yes, um, I feel like we're gonna get that in the Cassian Andor show. Oh, I, I hope pray we that do. we do. I pray that we do. That is fucking fascinating. Yeah, and so like I don't, I don't know. Like, there's something about her continuously referring to them as a separatist, not even just to herself, to other people. Yeah. She calls them separatists. It's just like, ooh, give me more. Um, like she still thinks of the empire as the republic Republic. yeah and now the rebels are just a different type of separatist cell so fascinating so interesting i'm so sad that she's gone like yeah i i feel like there was also i know she's coded as white i really wish she wasn't white Mm -hmm. um because i feel like this character had a lot i mean i know she's like the symbol of the 204th squadron or whatever but i don't know like this character's fascinating she just she just represents that like that old veteran like republic era old republic era soldier that is oh oh my god star wars is great (laughs) (laughs) didn't you just say you wanted to mute the word star wars on i lied (laughs) (laughs) because of shit like this (laughs) um so we finally got something in star wars that we've been craving 40 years (laughs) (laughs) even though we haven't even been around for 40 years therapy Woo! therapy in star wars in my star wars it's more likely than you think right (laughs) (laughs) like i'm sorry sorry go ahead it took 40 years for us to get therapy other than right. therapy animal things. <laughs> therapy Chuck Wendig. They are <laughs> we actually we have actual therapists. Therapists. 
<laughs> Everyone in this book has trauma. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> um, and Erica does therapy. Like that's part of yeah. being a defector to the New Republic is you have to go through therapy to make sure that you're okay. <laughs> yeah. And like it's mandated and she doesn't really want to be there, but she's doing it anyway. That sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a droid, which is less than great, but yeah, it's something. And at first, like I was really taken aback that it was a torture droid. ITO is a torture droid turned therapy droid. That makes sense to me because a torture droid would have like, like insight into the psychology of beings, of humans, oh, yeah. of aliens, of whatever. So it makes sense to me that a torture droid would be become a ther- could be reprogrammed to be a therapy droid because they have the same skills, just yeah. being used for a different purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and like to be fair to ITO, like I'm sure that's what my clients think of me as. <laughs> torture droid. <laughs> I definitely think of my therapist as a torture droid sometimes. <laughs> Like, stop stop challenging me. I have homework. Really? (laughs) Yes. I'm 32 years old, damn it. (laughs) And I'm paying you and you're giving me homework. (laughs) Yeah. Like I was saying, it did really kind of throw me off at first. I was like, "Mm, I don't like this. But like, ITO honestly is one of my favorite characters in the books. (laughs) Because I just, you kind of see the progression of their understanding of what it means to be therapist which is kind of strange because it's a droid talk about that like like, originally ito or ito um if you so choose like their their whole objective is to report back to adon and you see ito kind of start to have this struggle in ethics of well she is my client and what she tells me is supposed to be confidential. And Don's like, yeah, but you're my droid. And Ito really kind of struggles with that idea. I feel like I'm kind of projecting on the droid, but that's fine. <laughs> um, but like, I just, I feel like Ito kind of really grasps this understanding of trauma throughout the book and what it means to be a therapist to somebody who has a ton of trauma and also doesn't want to be there and having your hands (laughs) tied um, of like, I don't want to break confidentiality because my client, but I also like, I have to report back to my person, which that doesn't happen in real life in therapy. If that does, please report your therapist to (laughs) your local board um, because that's not good. But I don't I don't know. I just as the book progressed, I was like, oh, okay, I see myself doing that a lot as a therapist. Well, I think about like, okay, this is in the context of the military. So if you were like a military therapist and you're Mm -hmm. having to determine if a soldier is like fit for duty Mm -hmm. like essentially you would have to report to some type of superior or like yes and 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 i'm not a military therapist but to my understanding in terms of that all you would be able to tell them is yes they are fit to be part of the military or whatever or no they're not they need right. to be discharged or whatever not um, i have dirt on them here's yes. what you need to know <laughs> yes and so i think ito tries to walk that line of i will tell you that erica 
will comply with the new republic like she's not here to be a spy for the imperials and like she's trying her best and adana's like okay but like tell me specifics and ito's like no i can't like that's all i can give you dude that's really fascinating that alexander freed made a droid yeah a therapist because that really blurs i mean we've already experienced the blurring of the lines with like droid rights and things like that with l3 but like and like droid autonomy and things like that but this really blurs the lines as well because like if you think about it like ito is adon's property mm-hmm like he's mandating that Ito get this information from Erica, but fuck, like the droid is like taking it upon itself to be like, no, this is my patient or this is yeah. my client. Yeah. That's fucking wild. And that opens up a whole can of worms, I think. Yeah. As far as like droid autonomy and droid rights goes. Well, and I and I just I don't know. I love the way Ito interacts with Erica in terms of like their therapy um he they're constantly challenging erica and i fucking love that um even though when i was in therapy like i was like stop fucking challenging me right let me let me have my (laughs) cognitive distortions um but as as a therapist like my favorite question to throw back at clients like when they tell me shit it's like why 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 do you think that why do you think that way and they're like i don't know i'm like okay Let's explore so, that. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's explore that feeling. <laughs> Ugh, um, I hate you all. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, but then another great thing, like Erica's like, I don't fucking know how I'm supposed to um, bond with my crew and blah, 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 blah. And Ito goes down the line of, okay, here's Nath. He is a space pirate, sole survivor of his crew. Here's yeah. Chas Nachotic, sole survivor of her crew. Will Lark, sole survivor. Kairos is confidential. Um, <laughs> but like, all of these kids, he's like, er, they're like, fucking, you all have shit in common. Yeah. You motherfucker, you have shared trauma. Bond over it. <laughs> it's really funny that Erica can't see that. Yeah. And she's just like, I like she's trying to go by like a, an imperial manual how how to bond with your team step one <laughs> you know like uh-huh. like going through protocols rather than just being a human being right like that's what the empire does to you fuck and that's so interesting of like she has a hard time of functioning like a human being because the empire is terrible and gross and disgusting and Ito a droid right a torture droid from the empire is trying to help her become more of a quote unquote human. Fuck man. Like the psychology of this is really great. And I would shake Alexander Freed's hand and be like, thank you. Oh my God. As a therapist. Thank you. (laughs) I'm very excited to see where this goes in the next book, because that is fucking fascinating. Oh my God. That's beautiful. Bless you, you, Alexander Freed. (laughs) Yes, thank you. What's your favorite part? I love the parts of like Will describing his homeworld. 
which is a lot and i think it's really beautiful and he paints a really beautiful picture of his home world and like i kind of want to live there and And fly on things yeah (laughs) it's really sweet and i also really like that we finally get some therapy in star wars i think that's really important and this acknowledgement of literally all of the characters have trauma yeah um it's not like swept under the rug or anything like that. It is very point blank. All of you have trauma. All of you have shit to work through. Um, unfortunately, this is the only one in therapy right now, but y'all need therapy. <laughs> yeah. And they're all difficult human beings to be around or yeah. beings in general to be around because they have trauma, because mm-hmm. they haven't worked out their shit. <laughs> yeah. Because that's a thing. I don't know. It just kind of feels like Alexander Freed has been listening <laughs> to us. I know. Not like, not like us in particular, but in general in terms of on Twitter, like during Star Wars Rep Matters campaigns, campaigns of like mental health stuff. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, I hear that. I'm going to put that in my book. Yeah. And even if he didn't, I really appreciate the fact that it is in here. I mean, if he saw that vacuum and he's filling it, like bless, bless him. Thank yeah, you. Honestly. Yeah. Because therapy Ewoks are not okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not Fuck okay. Off, Chuck. He tried. He really did, mm-hmm. but nope. Mm-hmm. Fell short. Um <laughs> I kind of already talked about this, but everything with Hera in this book is just I don't even like rebels. But like <laughs> I was so nostalgic for rebels because of Hera and like just thinking about like what she's been through and like what she sees in these characters, like who she's probably comparing them to, like oh fuck, yeah. like it just it makes me so emotional. <sighs> Except for Ezra, I don't fucking care about him. But um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry everyone who loves Ezra. Um, but just like everything that she's been through and <sighs> just seeing her just be fucking rad and like continue on and. Con- Continue the fight and mm. know that it's this is just what we have to do next like there's I don't know just there's something about that that we don't talk a lot about like a lot of characters either die in Star Wars mm-hmm. or they 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 just are in this new role somehow and we don't see like I'm thinking of General Leia for example like we don't see how mm-hmm. they got there except for in a book like we don't see it on screen I mean I know this is a book too but like mm-hmm. essentially like Hera is in her she is still General Hera Syndulla but she is in kind of a different role now it is like she's in the role of an actual she's not in a, a rebel cell anymore she is a mm-hmm general of like a government now (laughs) right right right. and she's still the same person but she's just doing things in a way that works for this situation like she's very adaptable and i think that's Mm -hmm. that's just how leaders and women are (laughs) like yeah love that um the other thing too was okay so there's this uh, there's this b plot throughout the book that is mm-hmm. like, okay, there's this dude who's like helping people and it's weird. And you're like, who is this guy? Like, why do we care? And it turns out that he's Erica's former commander. Mm-hmm. Um, Soren Kais. I don't know how to say his Keys? name. He's Kais. Whatever. Who cares? But he knew that she wanted to defect to the to the rebellion and was like, just go. 
And so he gets revealed at the end as being this dude who's like helping people. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this going to be now? Like, is he going to be a good guy? Is he going to be a bad guy? Like, I think he's going to be a bad guy. I do too, but I feel like he's going to be a redeemable bad guy because he obviously knew Erica's intentions and didn't rat her out. But was that just because he knew where the Empire was going? I don't know. But he also called like when he was describing to Erica like what she was feeling, he called it a sickness. That's true. Which is a very interesting way to to look at it. Um, He doesn't strike me as like a sheave sycophant. Oh, God, no. Gosh, no. But like, I think this is going to I think he's going to be the next baddie in the book. Yeah. um, Because he's like, fuck it. I'm going to go back and take over the 204 um, (laughs) by the end of it. And. I think this is going to be some really interesting character development for Erica because eventually she's going to find out and she's going to be like, wait, this guy let me go. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to test her loyalty. Yeah. Because I think she is loyal to the new Republic. She wants nothing to do with the empire in general anymore. um, Aside from like the way it was run, but she does still have a very soft spot, soft spot in her heart for her comrades within the empire mm-hmm. um and especially her former commander like they had a very close relationship yeah um to the point where she felt like she could tell him like i have empathy for the rebels like i respect yeah. them Dude, um, i cannot imagine saying that in like the type of authoritarian situation like being that comfortable and trusting of my superior officer to be like i have empathy for the rebels yeah that's trust i think it's going to be really interesting in the next book or two to see how erica responds to that i think you're right fuck man yeah (laughs) it's gonna be good shit it is gonna be good shit book was excellent Mm -hmm. um it was excellent, but what did you feel – what did you want different? What did you feel could have been done differently or better? I don't – I don't. like I said, I had a really hard time getting in at first because it was kind of a little slow. Um, so that's kind of like writing stuff. But you had written something in the show notes that I 100% agree with. Um, so this is where I get into am I programmed by the patriarchy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or is this an actual feeling that I have? Mm-hmm. So I put in the show notes, it's really hard to get into a book when the main character isn't likable. And yeah. Erica is not likable off right. at the beginning. She's very I, – I feel like characters that we like are very, like, sure of themselves, whether they're good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they know what they are. They um, are decisive. You know, whether they make mistakes or not, um, these characters that kind of are like don't know what they're doing are really hard to like. And I feel like that's Erica. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't Mm -hmm. really know what she's doing. She's kind of just like trying something and hoping it sticks. And that's hard to that's hard to gravitate towards because I feel like as human beings, we want examples of people that are decisive because 
I don't know. I know you have issues with decision-making. Like mm-hmm. I yep. don't necessarily, but I'm also not necessarily attracted to people that are indecisive. You know what I mean? Like I'm not mm-hmm. drawn to those type of characters. Like I like seeing decisive characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and Erica's not that character. She's very much like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> like, yeah. why am I in charge? Like, I don't know why I'm here. I've always wanted to be a part of public, but also I'm an imperial at heart. Like I'm confused. And she's just, she's not warm. She's not, not so like personable. She's, she's not Hera. Yeah. You know, Hera is the, is the character that is most likable in this book, Hera and Will, because they're pure, Mm -hmm. they're, they're personable. They like, have empathy and that's something that is attractive to us especially like within the realm of star wars i think because Mm -hmm. that represents like the anti-empire as much as anything and erica's just not that and she's the main character no i think that that's kind of like where your is this my condition by the patriarchy thing comes into it's like she's not warm she's not necessarily empathetic in the way like Harrison Dula is she's if she were a man like I feel like it would be quote-unquote understandable why she's yeah. like this yeah um and it, it, at the end of the day it is understandable she is the way she is Absolutely. but because she's a woman it's harder to be like oh yeah okay I get it yeah because Hera is that stereotypical like warm motherly female mm-hmm. presence and Erica where expecting to be like that and she's not mm-hmm. and like you don't get that in chas either because but in star wars we get a lot of like these feisty women yeah um and that is very much so what chas is yep but erica reminds me a lot of like first act rogue one Janerso. yeah absolutely um and i feel like she's kind of written both her and Jin are written to be unlikable Mm-hmm. Um, but then that only makes me want to like them <laughs> because they're women and yeah. there's, there's this thing with unlikable women where like men will write these women to specifically be unlikable. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to love them because you don't want me to. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm a petty ass bitch. Yeah. I know for sure. We're going to have a whole episode on unlikable women mm-hmm. as characters. So I kind of want to save some of this conversation for that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I absolutely was conflicted on am I programmed into having trouble with this book because I feel like traditionally Erica Quell is unlikable, quote, versus like this is a real character. This is an actual woman probably that I've met. <laughs> you know, this is like one yeah. of my friends that is just like kind of cold and distant and kind of apathetic sometimes, but also – like trying to find her place in the world. Like that's very relatable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's not necessarily likable in patriarchal yeah. standards, but that is a real person. <laughs> yeah. And we need to see more of those women. And so it's really important that she's like this and that she's the mm-hmm. main character, I think. And this is like my instinctual um, feeling with what I wanted different was like this was really it was really hard for me to get into this book because Erica was the main character. If it would have been Will as the main character, I would have been like in in a second because of how yeah. he is. 
Um, or even if it would have been Nath because he's such a dick, you've just been like, okay, <laughs> what is this dick doing next? You know, or Chas is just so like, like fucking all over the place. Mm-hmm. But because it's Erica who is not only a disaster, but she's kind of even keeled and like, mm-hmm. that's not something that you associate with a female character. Expect a female character to be super emotional or mm-hmm. like super empathetic. You don't expect her to be like kind of. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the, I this is my big asterisk is that's what I would have wanted from like a reader's point of view was a different character to get into that was more mag- magnet- magnetic. But mm-hmm. also I feel like that's my own like programming from growing up in the society that we've that we live in because those mm-hmm. are the type of characters that I've been programmed not to like. And that's a problem. <laughs> right. Fuck, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, like, I want more. I want more of these books because this is breaking a barrier for me, I think. And I, like, in the way, and I, like, it's funny that Rogue One is, like, one of my favorite Star Wars movies now because of Jin Erso. Because mm-hmm. of that. And I feel like Alphabet Squadron is going to be one of my favorite trilogies because of Erica Quell and how complex she is. Certainly yeah. making me re-examine my personal biases. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, like I kept reading this book and I'm like, I don't like Erica. I don't like Erica. And then I'm like, why? I started therapizing myself. Yeah. Why do you? Let's explore that. <laughs> yeah. I, why when, don't you like her? When we were like, ta- when we decided to do this episode, I was like, okay, I need to think about, like, I'm fascinated by her, but why don't I like her? You Mm -hmm. know, like, there's a difference there. Maybe we should do our next episode on likable female characters or unlikable female characters to kind of piggyback off of this. (laughs) Me, let's do a chill episode. You, why don't we talk about Alphabet Squadron and scream about mental health and then next (laughs) week talk about unlikable women? Oh, uh, we don't know how to be chill. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. To this very drunk episode. I am drunk. <laughs> Let me just say. Uh, <laughs> I'll edit this tomorrow. <laughs> so when I'm sober. It's not gonna be like, oh, okay, no, we can't say that. Oh, yeah. uh, you can find Lazy Beautiful Town on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and if you are a browser listener on Podbean. You can find us um, on Twitter at LBTPod. You can send us an email at L- lousybeautifultownpod at gmail.com. Please send us emails and DMs and everything. We love to hear from you. We love questions. We'll definitely talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we will get our international reviews soon. <laughs> um, we, did get, we got the email uh, the other day, and there was new international reviews. So We'll save it for next week. Because we're running, it's a it's hundred and twenty minutes, <laughs> an hour. <laughs> well, there was no reviews anyway, so we good. Well, fuck you guys. So. <laughs> fuck y'all. No reviews. Fine. Um, Abby, where can they find you on the internet? <laughs> if you still want to listen to us after this, uh, you can find me at Abby and Cecilia on Twitter. And you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess on Twitter. 
Thank you for listening to this <laughs> mess of a podcast. God bless this mess. <laughs> May the force be with you. Peace uh, out. Whatever. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fuck, I didn't set a timer. I have no idea how long we've been talking. <laughs> <laughs> shit no that's the calculator hold on let me do this so at least i know that's what i hate about discord um are you making a title <laughs>